Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick DeVolion with my co-host, Lucas Tashi. He is back from his honeymoon. He enjoyed Switzerland. He enjoyed Mallorca, but we're here to talk about some football. So we're going to go through the up- upcoming fixtures, some transfers. We're going to talk about the Champions League and Europa League draw, and then we'll get in for our bets of the weekend. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Lucas, it's great to have you back, man. Oh, it is great to be back. It's a, it's a different world over there in Europe, uh, Switzerland and Spain, but um, uh, it just feels good to be back. It feels good to uh, have the time zone back into what it is, what I'm used to. It's, it's weird watching games at like 9 o'clock at night. I was, I was up until 11 watching Man United versus Liverpool on Monday night, and it's a 3 o'clock game on the East Coast in America, and it was just it was weird, but... A lot has happened. You crushed it last week on the pod. I mean, you crushed it last week uh, with your bets. Bro, yeah, like, wow. Kudos to you, man. Like, if you don't follow us on Instagram, Nick's been posting all his winnings, all our winnings on Instagram with our bets. We've been on fire. Uh, but before we get into that, we'll talk more about our winnings from the last few weeks. Uh, transfers, bro transfers yeah. there's it's still getting hectic and it's getting crazier and crazier i agree man i think uh it's kind of ramped up it went quiet while you were gone and then this week it's gone a little bit crazier uh starting with really the end of last week when they had concluded casemiro to manchester united uh i thought that was a phenomenal signing i talked on the pod a couple of weeks ago about what manchester united needed uh, before they ended up losing to Brentford for nothing, but it didn't really change my view. Uh, I know that it was kind of a roller coaster wa- ride, but it was just really clear to me that they would be fine if they made a couple of uh, midfield signings. And with Casemiro, he's not the the pivot player that De Jong is, but he improves your entire team and the complexion of the middle of the park for United because you can play Casemiro alongside Ericsson and you don't feel like you're getting cut apart. Uh, really like that signing. He's, I mean, in my opinion, he's probably the best defensive midfielder in the world. Uh, the price is good. The wages are kind of high, but at the same time, he would not come if it were for those wages. So, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that transfer at all. And then I'll just read through the other two that I really liked. Well, can I say something about Casemiro first? Go for it. That is a player that United have needed for so long. We've we've been crying for a center defensive mid the entire time. So. Having him come in, he's going to literally take away McFred immediately. And now we can play Casemiro, Bruno, and Eriksen together. Or we could play Casemiro, Fred, and Bruno, or Casemiro. The options are endless. And really, having him, it really takes us to another level. In addition to that, Fred and Casemiro play together already for the Brazilian national team. So they perform very well together uh, for Brazil. Because Fred is not that, he's not a center defensive mid, which is what he's been playing for United. He's that box-to-box, which is, he needs that that bulldozer. He needs the rock behind him to help him out. And that's what Casemiro brings. Much needed. Uh, 60 million, I think, for a 30-year-old. I think he's 30, or, 30 years yeah. old. He's uh, He just turned 30. So, for three, four years uh, to go for him, like really brilliant signing for us. 
Yeah, totally agree with you. And I mean, his game will translate because he's just a great tackler, a great position yeah. uh, player. He understands where he needs to be at all times. And uh, I'm just really excited to see him play. And uh, we'll, we'll see what he does, because I'm pretty sure he's going to end up getting at least a decent amount of game time this weekend, if not starting. So I'll be curious to see how he does, because I heard that uh, Ten Hag said that he's he's basically ready to go. So already kind of making an impression with them. The other two signings that I wanted to touch on, and I know there's been a lot, but it's it started really heating up recently. Uh, Newcastle paying 65 million euros with 5 million euros in add-ons for Alexander Isaac. I think that is a great signing for them. He fits kind of like the young profile that they need. There was not going to be like a big club that was going to be in for him that wanted to take that risk to sign him. And I think Newcastle is kind of like the right club for him to go to because he can go to a club that is uh, showing some promise in the future. And also he can develop into the striker that we all think that he can be. He showed a lot of flashes, you know, two seasons ago. Last season, it was kind of rough because of the playing style that they played. It didn't really cater to to how he scores and and how he carries the ball up the pitch. But I really think that he is also a great signing for Newcastle. And then before I turn it over to you, West Ham uh, just signing Lucas Paqueta today. Incredible signing. Ball carrier midfielder. Exactly what they needed. You play him. You play Declan Rice. You play Suchek. That midfield instantly becomes really, really good. And uh, exciting for them. I know they have had zero points so far, but I don't expect that to uh, to kind of stay the same relatively soon. Yeah, you expect them to turn it around. Uh, I really like that midfield of Rice and Paqueta. That is really, really good business. And also, Skamaka uh, hasn't played much for West Ham. He is going to step into that role as well. Big money signing for him. Going back to Isak... It's a brilliant signing. Um, the real reason I, I like it a lot is because there's not a lot of pressure for him. He's still really young, and there's Callum Wilson ahead of him. So Callum Wilson can help him develop into the striker that he can potentially be in the in the Premier League. He has been brilliant for them. So really, that's a great signing for them. Yes, it's costly, but if you look at uh, the rest of the transfer window— Look at the, looking at the prices of some of the players that have been going. You have Anthony Gordon potentially going to Chelsea for $60 million, which is mind-boggling. Uh, and then you also have Anthony potentially going to United for $90 million, uh, which is another topic that we can just go on and on about. But really, good business for uh, Newcastle. I think this this is a step in the right direction for them with this with the new ownership. Uh, really good business for them for the last two transfer windows where they got Bruno G and they got uh, Alexander uh, Isak. One other uh, transfer that I want to talk about is Wesley Fofana. Confirmed that Chelsea have agreed and uh, have reached an agreement with Leicester City to sign Fofana. It's been a while coming. Chelsea just keeps spending and spending and spending. So they needed it. They need a center back. And he's a young center back who has a lot of potential. I can see him and uh, Koulibaly and Thiago Silva being a really strong back three. Where that can help potentially get Reese James up the pitch more and Cucurella up the pitch more. Um, But again, 
I think they need more midfielders still. And, of course, they need that coveted striker, which they're in for uh, Obama Yang. But we'll see what what happens with that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Fofana helps fill the need. And also that means that Trabala will go out on loan, I think, what I'm, what I'm assuming and hearing, too. Uh, to Milan or uh, another club, I can't remember, but it was a Premier League club. I think Fofana is a good signing for them as well. Uh, he did get skinned uh, against Arsenal, but in my opinion, that's more so kind of like his head wasn't in the game. He, he was focusing yeah. on other things. And, you know, he posted that famous Instagram thing that I sent you earlier saying that he just wants to go to Chelsea on his story. And it looks like uh, that's the case for him. You know, I think it's crazy, though. I love the fee for Leicester. Uh, really love the fee and the price. I do think that what I'm feeling from them is that they're going to probably sign someone before the window ends because they have to. And uh, I don't know what will happen with Telemans, whether he'll stay or whether he'll go. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten picked up by someone that's pretty big yet. So really interesting to see what develops there. I don't know if he's going to go at the moment because if they're selling Fofana, they sold Schmeichel. Uh, who else have they? Yeah, like, I don't think they're willing to sell any more players. Uh, but again, we'll see if what actually comes out of it. Because if James Madison goes and Telemans goes, Lesser is no longer in the top 10, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. I agree totally. I mean, they're they're probably, like, near 15th without those three players. And uh, yep. we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I'm excited to, uh, to go into the next thing I want to talk about. If you want to talk about the draws. Let's do it. Okay, you go ahead, Lucas. All right, so Champions League draw or Europa League draw first? Uh, let's do Champions League. Okay. So, let me just pick it up here. Oh. There was a lot of excitement. Before the Champions League draw, I actually want to talk about uh, the awards and your thoughts on uh, Benzema winning. And your thoughts on, uh, fuck, wow, I'm, I'm still in, like, vacation mode right now. I'm, I'm blanking right now. Uh, uh, Carlo Ancelotti winning. Uh, both of them deserved it. I think that Benzema was very clearly the best player last season, so he's going to probably win, uh, you know, the, the awards that associated with it, the Ballon d'Or, the, you know, FIFA Men's Player of the Year. Uh Ancelotti also kind of deserves it. He won the he won the league. He won the Champions League in epic fashion, and they're off to a to a fast start this season as well. So, really happy for them. Kind of nothing really surprising me to to be honest. So, uh, we'll see we'll see what happens this season. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And this is just one additional trophy that Benzema deserves this season. Hopefully, the Ballon d'Or is going to come his way as well. Uh, but going into the actual groups, so for the Champions League, Group A, you have Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, and Rangers. Any thoughts on here? Uh, in my opinion, I just think it's going to be Liverpool, Ajax, Napoli, Rangers in that order. But I can see it being Liverpool, Napoli, Ajax, Rangers. I think Ajax is better than Napoli. But again, they've lost a lot of players. Uh, Napoli haven't, they're also going to lose uh, a lot of players as well, Napoli. So it, it, that second spot is really up for grabs, in my opinion. No, I agree. I think we're on the same page here. I think it's going to be Liverpool or Ajax. Uh, Ajax also signed, you know, Bergwijn from, uh, from 
Tottenham Hotspur back, so they they kind of have some players there. Uh, and I don't at ZH potentially. Potentially. Um, that only if they would sell Anthony. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we're on the same page there. Uh, yeah. Group B, right? Porto, Atletico Madrid, Leverkusen, Club Rouge. Uh, this one's kind of tough for me. I know Atletico Madrid is going to go through, and I picked Leverkusen because Porto has lost a lot of players this transfer window as well. They've been pretty gutted, so I expect it to be Atletico, Leverkusen, Porto, and then Bruges in that order. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no uh, complaints from me there. Group uh, C, this is a fun one. This is a real, real fun one. You have Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Inter Milan, and Victoria Plzeň. Not sure how to pronounce it. Apologies, but uh, yeah. I think Barcelona can go to the Europa League. Uh, it's possible. It's I possible. think it's Bayern, Inter, Barca, Victor- obviously Victoria is going to be last. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for them, but uh, good job showing up, I guess. I don't know, because <laughs> I, I feel like Bayern is definitely going to go through. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see them play Barcelona again, because it's just always thrilling to watch them beat Barcelona. So I will be betting on those two games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But right now, just gut feeling, I think Bayern, Barcelona enters the order that it ends up in. Uh, but I'm open to all possibilities here, in all honesty. Going into Group D, Eintracht Frankfurt, Tottenham, Sporting, Marseille. I mean, great draw for Tottenham, in my opinion. This is... So good for them. They can easily beat any of these teams here and make it to the round of 16. And uh, I don't know who's going to get in here between the other three teams because they're all pretty closely matched. I know Eintracht Frankfurt won the Europa League last year, but they also did terrible in the Bundesliga. So uh, I'll just take a shot in the dark and say Tottenham, Marseille, uh, Frankfurt third, Lisbon last. Uh, Keep an eye out for Lisbon. Um, cause with Cristiano Ronaldo wanting to leave the, leave Manchester United, Lisbon is the only option that is available at the moment. No other clubs are in for him. And he started his career at Lisbon. He would like to potentially go back to Lisbon, given that they have the Champions League and finish his career, uh, where he started. So if they get Cristiano, I can see them finishing second. Um, if they can't. I can see Tottenham finishing first, Frankfurt actually, in my opinion, finishing second, Marseille third, and then Lisbon fourth. Okay, so we're all, we're pretty close to the same page here. Uh, what yeah. do you think about Group A? I I mean, it's gonna be Chelsea, AC Milan, uh, okay, and then Salzburg, Dinamo. I mean, I, okay. I think this is pretty straightforward. Uh, I don't I don't foresee any other changes. Um, it all depends on AC Milan's health. If they can stay healthy, they'll do well. If they can't, I don't, I don't see them going far. With Salzburg not being the worst club, they have really strong players. Uh, but yeah, it's, it should be Chelsea, AC Milan, Salzburg, Dinamo. Okay, I totally agree. Uh, I want to take Group F here. All right, of course, you want to take Group F. Go. You can take the last two. So Group F, 
Uh, Real Madrid, RB Leipzig, Shakhtar, Donetsk, and Celtic. So I just want to go forward and say uh, what a great draw for Real Madrid because I don't know if you saw I don't know if you saw how the pots played out, but with Real Madrid being in pot one, they had three Spanish teams in pot two. So all mm-hmm. three all three of the other Spanish teams that qualified were in pot two, which means that Real Madrid was not going to have a Spanish team in pot two. So they were looking at like Juventus, they were looking at RB Leipzig, Chelsea, Tottenham, Barcelona. Yeah, like Liverpool. So so you know you ha- you had a lot of hard possibilities there, and uh, and to get RB Leipzig, which in my opinion was uh, was probably the weakest option that they could get, it was great for them. And then they get Shakhtar and Celtic. So I expect them to go at least like 15 out of 18 in terms of points on the table here. Uh, they'll easily finish top of the group, and then I, I have uh, Leipzig and. I don't really necessarily think it matters yeah. between these two. So uh, we'll see who finishes third here. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Now, going on to Group G and H, I feel like both these groups should be uh, fairly straightforward. Um, the one that's probably more likely to have question marks is Group G, where it is Man City, Sevilla, Dortmund, and Copenhagen. Um, the question mark would be whether Sevilla or Dortmund finish second. Uh I can see Dortmund looking really, really strong uh, with their young talent, Mukoku. He has started the season off very, very well, um, especially with Sebastian Aled having the unfortunate uh, issues, health issues that has come around. Uh, it's, it's been tough for them having to replace him, but Mukoko is going to step into that role. And Sevilla, they always just perform well, uh, always perform well. So... It's going to be tough for them to to finish in second. Man City obviously is going to finish first. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, Holland going back to to Dortmund to play, I think is going to be really cool to to see just right off the bat in the first season back. Uh, but yeah. I totally agree with you here. I, I don't think anything changes. I think Sevilla finishes third and then probably goes on to win the Europa League again. So, as always, <laughs> as always. And, uh, and then the last group, Group H. Um, the way I'm reading it is PSG, Juve, Benfica, Maccabi. It's going to be in that order. Uh, totally agree with you. PSG has been very impressive this summer in terms of the transfers, the outbound uh, versus what they brought in. So I really like the moves they made. Same thing with the Juventus. Where they just got, I think, Paredes on loan too from PSG. So uh, good business on both sides. And same thing, Benfica also losing some talent this season. So uh, going to be super interesting to see how they look, but uh, I totally agree with you there as well. Yeah. Any predictions? Who's going to win? Oh, man. I mean, listen, I said, a, I said a couple of weeks ago, I have to see how the group stage plays out. Uh, okay. And I'll put my official bet in. But I would say just right now, just like shot in the dark, I, I would like to see – let me check the odds real quick. But I would, I would want to see what Barcelona is looking like um odds wise if they give you good value then i could go with them uh because you know they just seem like a dark horse they seem like something no one would really consider this season considering that Bayern always beats them every single time but uh I, i'm sure you already know this too a spanish team has gone on to want, win like half of the champions leagues in the last like 20 years or something like that so just by that default you kind of already have um, you kind of already have an uptick in that. Barcelona's plus 2,000, so I wouldn't really bet on them there. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's. I mean, listen, it's too early. I remember Madrid was like plus 2,800 after the round of 16 draw, and they're plus 1,000 right now. So let's just, I'll just wait to, to see who plays out. All right, fair enough. Who do you For think? For now, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I'm, between, I'm torn between two because PSG are looking so good right now to start yeah. the season with Messi not having the distractions of uh, last year where, we, where he had the transfer window. I think Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe could be a 120-goal-plus uh, season across them three. And they look really good so far to start. Um, it all depends. The tricky thing this season is the World Cup. Yeah. One thing to keep in mind, like, with the World Cup happening from November to December, injuries are going to happen. Like, how is that going to impact the players? Um, they're going to be more fatigued. They're not going to have as much of a break. Once the World Cup is done, they're not going to have any break. Usually you would have that winter break in most of the leagues, but now it's not the case. They'll probably have to play the games from January, early January on. So it's tough, but I'm leaning uh, PSG. And then I think Pep has a chance with Holland to be able to get them over the line. But it's going to be it's going to be a tough one, to be honest. I will also want to add to your point because Norway is not going to be in the World Cup this season. I mean, or, or this year, Holland's not going to have that, you know, wear and tear on his body. So he could be looking at having like a great second half of the year because he's going to essentially have like a month off in the middle of the season, which, you know, rare, rarely ever happens, if any. So uh, that's yeah. going to be interesting for me to watch. That's a great call. Yep. All right, I want to talk Europa League real quick. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this and just run through who we think is going to win. But uh, a lot of these are very self-explanatory. I mean, Group A, Arsenal, PSV, Bodo Glimt, and then FC Zurich, Arsenal, PSV, in that order, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, Dino, Kiev, Ren, Fenerbahce, AEK, Lamaka in Group B. I have, uh, I have Ren here. And then I don't know, Lucas. I might just go Fenerbahce because I'm just I'm just feeling uh, it. That's what I would have done too. Okay, cool. Group C: Roma, Ludogorets, Real Betis, and HJK. Uh, Roma and Real Betis for me, right? Perfect. Okay. Smooth. Group D. We're running through this. Group D: Braga, Malmo, Union Berlin, Union Saint. Uh, can't even see the the G right here. Union Saint Geloy. All right. Uh, so I mean. This what is probably you, the toughest one. I, I think it's going to be Braga and Union Berlin, but I okay. can see Malmo moving on as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is probably the toughest one. I see Braga winning no matter what, though. Okay, cool. Me too. Uh, all right, so Group E, Man United, Real Sociedad, in that order, probably, and then Sheriff and Almonia. Uh, I don't know, man. Lucas, I think, uh, I think Man United definitely gets this. And then do you think Sheriff has like another upset like they did in the Champions League last uh-huh. year? No, okay. I don't. I was, no. So, oh, just a sidebar too. Sheriff, uh, lost, or or beat Punic Yerevan, uh, on penalties, right? To go through yeah. to the Europa League, and uh, they were they lost three two. I was very disappointed, but we could have seen an Armenian team in this group going to Old Trafford, which would have been so crazy and so interesting, uh, for me to to watch that. Um, the boys, I think, are going to be playing in the Conference League this year, which you know it is what it is. Group F. Lazio, Feyenoord, Midland, and uh, SK Strumgras. So Lazio and Feyenoord for me here. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. 
Group G, Olympiacos, Katerbag, FK, SC Freiburg, and Nantes. So I have uh, SC Freiburg here. Okay. And, and then I think I don't, it's going to be a toss-up between uh, Nantes and Olympiacos, but I'll go Olympiacos because they've done well that's, that's, historically. Yeah. That's what I would have done too. Okay, cool. We're, we're, we're like totally in sync here. Yeah. Group, group it's pretty straightforward, in my opinion. It, it is. Group, <laughs> group H, Shravana Zvezda. Monaco, Fran Varos, and Trabonspor. So I have Monaco and Trabonspor here. I have Monaco and Red Star. Okay, is it Red Star? I have like the it is Red Star. Yeah, I have the uh, Serbian <laughs> name yeah, here. Yeah, no, okay. it's Red Star. So now I... that you know that it's Red Star, do you change your opinion? Do I change my opinion? Uh, no. Let's be different. I'll do Monaco Trabonspor. Okay. All right, okay. so that concludes that. Uh, who do you think is going to win here? I think I think uh, I think Arsenal, Manchester United, Roma are kind of like the three teams that really pop out for me. Yeah, I mean it's pretty much just those three teams. I can see uh, Real Sociedad and uh, PSV doing well as uh, as well, but it those three teams maybe Lazio as well, but. Arsenal, Roma, and Man United are going to be the top here. But something that you have to keep in mind when it comes to the Europa League, we don't know which third-place team from the Champions League is going to move on to the Europa League. Last year, we had Barcelona and Dortmund go down to the Europa League. So, yes, initially, it looks like favorites are Roma, Arsenal, and Man United. But we won't know, really, until January. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I know for sure that uh, teams like Arsenal and, you know, Roma, Betis, Manchester United, like all the big, well-known, established clubs in the top five are going to look to play a lot of their bench players, uh, a lot of their subs as starters through these games just to prevent the wear and tear along with, you know, the Winter World Cup from occurring because you could see some players accumulating around like 70 games in like a nine-month span, which would be really tough on the body. So yeah. uh, I see a lot of rotating here in these group stages. Yeah. All right, Lucas, uh, do you want to talk some bets? Let's talk some bets, the best part of the week. Like okay. I mentioned at the start of the pod, dude, you've been crushing it. I don't yeah. know how. I don't know why. You've been crushing it. But yeah. also, I got to say, because I didn't have the chance to say this, I told you to bet Brighton. And you didn't bet Brighton. I did not. Man United. I did not. But I announced it on the pod, and I should have bet it. I should have bet it. I, but also I, said, I also said for Brentford, Brentford is likely going to win. I also said that, too. I also I said that so, so, I mean, listen, I think you were right. I totally regret not betting on those two ties. Um, but, you know, I made up for it last week uh, for you guys that uh, didn't see on my story. And also, you know, didn't uh, realize we didn't post a we didn't post an episode last week. I had stuff come up. I was going to do an individual episode, but then I just didn't have time. But the bets that I placed were uh, Manchester United double chance uh, to tie and win. Uh, I placed another one for Nottingham Forest Everton tie no bet, in which I cashed out uh, right after Nottingham Forest scored. So I did earn uh, more than double profit on there. And then I also uh, bet Arsenal with the spread, which I've been loving the spread this season. So 
that also hit and that that was a that was a good time for me so you know another week of going three for three you guys heard all my bets for when i recorded individually hit on all those as well so uh we've been going pretty hot so far and uh excited to see what happens here i wouldn't be surprised if we have a low bet rate because i have some wild ones out there but uh the the odds are juicy so i had to say yes to these but um lucas do you want to go first or do you want me to go first uh, let me go first with the ones that I think are pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, dude, this guy's been on fire for you. On fire for Arsenal. Like, and I don't know how his odds are still like this, because they're a goal-scoring machine at the moment, and they just perform so well. Gabriel Jesus, anytime goal scorer, minus 115. I love those odds. Love them. Yeah, I think those are good, too. Okay, that's your first one. So um, just full disclosure, this is not going to count as my bet, but I did bet the Betis money line, and they're playing right now uh, against Osasuna. They beat Osasuna like five times in a row. Uh, so I just I just thought that that was going to be a good value bet right there. Uh, my first bet of the weekend is going to be the Liverpool spread by two against Bournemouth at plus 115. So I really like this bet because they lost to Manchester United. They've drawn their first two games. They only have two points out of three. Uh, I'm expecting to come into Bournemouth and absolutely smash them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, four or five nothing here. And uh, Bournemouth has kind of kind of looked deflated. They don't really have the talent to match Liverpool. So I'm just excited to see this. I know Liverpool is going to win this game. I would be absolutely shocked if they don't. Uh, and I like the plus odds. So Liverpool by two goals at plus 115 is my first bet. I like that. I like that. So my second bet is actually going to be a team that is in great form, which I am very surprised by. Very surprised by before the start of the season. I thought losing their best players, like two of their best players in Rafinha and Calvin Phillips would have impacted them. But no, the Americans are going so strong over there at Leeds. Um, and the odds right now are astronomical, in my opinion. I. Uh, and you know, you guys know me, so I love the draw no bets, just to get that money back in case you, the draw end up ends up happening. Leeds are coming off a three nil victory against Chelsea. I'm gonna go with uh, Leeds draw no bet to win at plus two oh five. You can also go money line with them if you're feeling risky at plus three ten. But I just love that uh, signing. Yeah, I like that too. I think that's a good bet. Uh, I have kind of a psychotic bet here. Um, oh I, I have Mönchengladbach double chance draw and win against Bayern at plus 400. Uh, Mönchengladbach took four points in the league off of Bayern. They've always played them really tough. If they don't get it this time, I'm going to bet on them again in the return fixture regardless because they just always play Bayern Munich well. So I just I really like Mönchengladbach. Uh, to win or draw double chance against Bayern Munich at plus 400. I like that. Now, my last one, um, this guy has, he always starts the season slow, always. Like in August, he probably will never score, but I still think it'll happen this weekend. Harry Kane to score at minus 110. Um, I think towards the tail end of August, he gets back into the rhythm. In the first two games, it takes him some time, but I really like Harry Kane to score at minus uh, 110. 
Uh, minus one ten is good odds for that, uh, and they also have kind of a weaker fixture this week. Yeah. I thought about betting. I thought about betting them, but I decided not to just because uh, I just didn't like the value. And I, I just, I'm not convinced that Tottenham is going to be a high-scoring team, like just a really good defensive team. So I don't really well, like they them. Just, uh, they scored five goals in in the first game week. No, I know, but they've they since. Uh, I'm talking if you're if you're doing like spread, right? Like they yeah. have a great goals against ratio. And I mean, listen, they scored five, right? But at the same time, they played a totally like weak side uh, the first week. So I'm just not. I'm I'm not invested yet. Like, I could be convinced later on, but it's so early in the season and everything changes so quickly. I, I, It's hard to rely on, like, form and everything, especially considering, like, they should have lost against Chelsea uh, in that second week, you know? They should have. All right. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lock this in as my bet. I'll give you my actual bet uh, in a second. But I also put in money on Crystal Palace, double chance against Manchester City. Uh, to win or draw at plus 410. They always play them well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and they don't don't have Zaha. I just feel like this is uh, going to be a tight game for them, and Crystal Palace is a really tough team. Um, I didn't feel comfortable betting Man City, so something in me told me to to bet that double chance. Uh, My official pick, though, is actually going to be the West Ham money line against Aston Villa. Aston Villa has played so poorly this year. Uh, they got some points, yes, but like, I mean, Jared has been horrible as a manager, and West Ham has scored no points. Uh, only scored, I think, one goal in the Premier League, if anything, and or or is it no goals? I don't even remember. But I know they played poorly. It has to turn around for them, and I think this is the side it turns around against. So I got West Ham money line at plus two ten here. I really like I those odds. I would do something in that game as well, which would have been. Uh... The over two and a half at minus 120. So okay. I, I, I like that game. I think it's going to be like a 2-1 game, um, but I really like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the bets are really solid for, for both of us. Uh, I also have, I have to say, like the Manchester United money line at minus 130 is really juicy too. Um, but, you know, I think my three bets, right, were, were Liverpool spread, Mönchengladbach draw uh, and win double chance, and then the West Ham money line. So those will be my three. And then my three are Leeds, draw no bet, plus 205, Gabriel Jesus anytime, and then Harry Kane anytime. What I keep looking at is, you know how when, in, uh, when you look at Bayern Munich, you have those, like, astronomical goal-scoring bets where you have, yeah. like, last year you had Lewandowski at minus – uh, what was it like minus five hundred? Mm-hmm. Now I have Sadio Mane at minus one seventy, which isn't bad. No, like no. Uh, I mean, those are like solid bets. No, I totally agree. I think I think you can get so much value in like the Bundesliga uh, for like Dortmund and whoever they're playing. But I mean, I like I said here with with them, uh. I, w- I just wouldn't bet them this weekend. Just when you think that they're a yeah. shoo-in, and the same thing with all gambling, just when you think in your head, oh, they're going to beat Augsburg, they end up losing, or they're going to beat Mönchengladbach, they end up losing. It's often like the heavy favorite moments where like the team just slips up because they think they're going to get the win, and then they end up not winning. So super interesting there. Um, I don't know. I'm, Lucas, throwing, I'm, in one more bet. I'm throwing in one I'm throwing in one more bet. Okay. You did this actually last year. Gladbach to beat Bayern Munich 
or or the double chance. I'm I'm looking for the odds right now. Please hold. But yeah, go ahead. I'm I'm looking for the odds right now for so Gladbach is plus ninety uh nine fifty. Yeah, I like that. I like that. A lot. I mean, listen, that's that's why they're my double chance pick because I just think that uh, if anything, they'll at least secure a tie. They always play well. They claimed four points last year, so. Uh, and I, listen, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, it's it's so hard to bet in odds, but sometimes you just have to say whatever. Like I'll just take the long shot because uh, they overinflate the odds there. You know the spread is really good this year uh, to us, and I don't know, Lucas. I feel like this is gonna be a great year gambling wise. I I'm think just you like, can also do the Asian handicap at plus one ten because Gladbach is plus two. So the, essentially, they think that Bayern is gonna win by three goals or more. Yeah, you're essentially, right. Essentially, I'm yeah. doubling down on what you said on Gladbach. What's up? I said essentially I'm doubling down on what you said on Gladbach. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. It'll be crazy. Uh, I have one parley out there. It's like $10 to win like 24K. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I like I don't know. It's a long shot. But at the same time, sometimes it's good to, uh, to hit a long shot. Right now, yeah. I think our I started at $50 in the bank, and I'm up to – uh, I'm up to like 3:30 something. Uh, I put about like one, or no, I put about 230 into bets this weekend. So even then, I'll still end up around 150 if I lose everything, which I don't think I will. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll just keep building our bankroll. We'll see where we end uh, end at the season. The yeah. So we started at 50. We'll see at the end of the season. Imagine it gets to like the 5k range. Wait, are you doing the same bets, like same value for each bet? Yeah. So what I do is I do, uh, I do like basically our bets for the week and then I'll yep. do a parlay with all three okay. of our bets. So, so if I pick three, like out of the six bets that we give, like I'll pick three that I really like and then I'll, uh, I'll put them in a parlay and I'll also bet them individually. So I'll at least, if I hit one, I at least cover, uh, yep. another bet. And if I hit two, it puts me in good shape because then I can hedge against on the last yeah. one. And then I always end in a larger profit. So I think that's the way I've been doing it. And it just kind of it kind of makes sense. Like I just have to you just have to time it where you have uh, games on like the last day. So then yeah. it gives you time to think of how you're going to hedge the bet and everything. Like that's what I did with Manchester United because they played on Monday. And I, yep. I had time to think about it, so I just decided to bet the double chance, and, and I ended up earning like extra dollars than I than I would have. I love it. I don't know. If, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we head out? Um, no, but I do want to say that after what is it? September first is when the transfer window is closing, so watch out for all the transfer rumors that are going to come out. Teams that are going to come in for random players, be on the lookout. Anthony could go. Uh, Frankie De Jong is apparently staying now with the with the lower wage, which is not what we expected the entire time. But who knows? This this whole transfer window has been crazy. Ronaldo could still leave. Uh, Parepes is going to go. Uh, PSG are still looking to sign more players. Milinkovic Savic can leave. Like it's just five days. That's all it is. We told you in the beginning of the summer, don't get too invested. Me and Nick got way too invested in the transfer window. And now it's done. 
And now after this week, we can enjoy with no, I was going to say no stress, but no, we have so much stress. Yeah, I agree. I have so much anxiety, just like refreshing every single, uh, every single morning, every single, like, you know, hour and lunch break and stuff. I'm just going to be over, you know? Uh, And then, you know, when we do our next pod, it'll be over and we can recap all the transfers. So I'm really excited for that to see where all the teams shape up. We're going to have winners. We're going to have losers, a lot of losers. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we hope you guys enjoy them, Techers. Enjoy them, Techers, everybody. See you next week.